Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling method, to boldly go where so few ever go again. of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who's feeling a little trade by his bird friends. Welcome, Jacob. Mm. <laughs> why, th- <laughs> why, thank you. And, uh, and let me introduce our co-host. Man, I didn't take that joke good. <laughs> either it way. wasn't that good a joke. No, it wasn't, but like either way. Uh, why, thank you, like you introduce our co-host. A man who, who finds that you can be surprised what you live through. <laughs> Welcome, Drew. How are you doing, Jacob? Man. It's been a pain in the back today. Let's say that. <laughs> what? Just because we had a snow day yesterday and no one could get out of their house? No. Which is odd for East Texas. I yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, how are you today? <laughs> tired. Tired? Now, how are you tired? <laughs> well, let's... I printed 22,000 instruction sheets today. Okay, that's definitely tired. And then carried them, not all at once, because I'm not that stupid. Oh, okay. <laughs> Essentially, a football field's length from one building to the other so I could fold them. Sprint the whole 100 yards? No, (laughs) because I'm not stupid. But I made the trip multiple times. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm a little pooped. I I completely understand. It was very fun first thing in the morning when there was still ice on the ground. Yeah. (laughs) Woof! Bam! (laughs) Thankfully, I didn't do that. There was one point where I got close because I felt my foot slip. Mm, Glad my other foot was on dry land. Oh, man. Oh, man, man. Yeah, (laughs) sorry for your day, dude. Oh, it's fine. (laughs) So, uh, what have you... Well... Just go ahead and jump into that. Okay. What have I been watching? That. No, not that. (laughs) I have watched that. We'll get Uh, to that. Yes. Uh, I did watch... You can probably see here. Probably not. If you're on the video. If you're on the video. Uh, I did finish uh, My Hero Academia Season 1. Amazing series. Go watch it. Amazingly well-written. Uh, very realistic characters. Uh, it's an anime. Uh, it's on Funimation. You can. It's the it, perfect shonen anime. Pretty much. Pretty much. I'll say that. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because it mixes superheroes with Japanese anime. Mm. So I watched all of that over the weekend. Um, Sunday it snowed, which was amazing here for East Texas. That is weird. Is it, what it, was, it was. It was just amazing because I, I, you, you, you keep hearing people. It's like, oh, it's gonna snow all week. It's like, okay, no, sure, it's, yeah, it's, sure, it's, it'll it's, snow, but it won't stick. It never sticks. No, boy, was it, I wrong? Yeah, it's stuck five inches, <laughs> five, five to six weird. inches of snow. <laughs> Usually we get an inch, and it's gone in a day. There, I am still hauling snow around in the back of my truck. <laughs> so. We um and so I got done with that and then I decided to be like you know what I haven't watched the original dub of Neon Genesis Evangelion in a very long time and trying to watch the show in more a different perspective like mm-hmm. actually trying to understand the story understand everything else and it's like you watched it not that I remember I, re- I vaguely remember it coming up in one of these segments early episodes that's right that's right thank you good memory. only because around that same time in the news section we were talking about Netflix's dub of it yeah. And it got you in the mood. Yeah. Well, I actually started watching the Netflix dub, and I was just so disappointed with the uh, the uh, the the dub itself. And I was like, "This is not the original dub," which kind of made me bummed out. So I, I decided to watch some of the original, maybe more nostalgic for the original. So fair enough. Fair so enough. So I, I I'm just about done with the original the original series. Original series, like there's another series. Um, well, there is the movies. There are the movies. There is the rebuild movie. So and saying original series still works here. Yeah. And the newest film is coming out. Uh, rebuild of Evangelion. <laughs> one point, 3.0 one, 3. Uh, plus 1.0. Yeah. It's yes. like, what is this? A Kingdom Hearts naming scheme? <laughs> Maybe. Neon um, Genesis Evangelion. 395 days over two. <laughs> Dream drop distance. Uh, <laughs> you can not defeat the heartless i don't know <laughs> so I'm, I'm nearly done with the series uh the the version i'm watching is extremely hard to find right now uh hopefully when they release the um, 
what is it? Funimation? No, what? it's uh, G Kids. Yeah, G. Oh yeah, that's right, G Kids. G Kids through Shout Factory. Oh okay. So whenever that comes out on Blu-ray, I'll buy it. I know it because I thoroughly you need another copy. Yeah, I need, I need a Blu-ray. And plus, this will be your Blu-ray. Yeah, exactly. I hope they do you right and give you the original dub. Exactly. Give me both of them, please. Because you honest, probably own them. <laughs> to be honest, I would just be happy if they restored the ending song. Yes. Yes. Fly Moon and Moon. Yes. How can that be that expensive? Netflix. <laughs> yeah, come on. You, you know it's your fault. Yeah. What? You you can buy you can buy the rights to you know to the most cla- one of the most classic songs ever. It's gotta be public domain by this point. No, it's not. It should be. Well, that recording definitely may not be, because that would have been made in the last... It was made for the show, so... Yeah. Heck, it could just be the pop star who's at fault. Who's who saying knows? that? Who knows? Who knows? There, there could be multiple There could be multiple factors. Either way, uh, that is what I have been watching. I, can't, I am looking forward to finishing Evangelion, and then getting into... You can't see what I'm pointing to is my bag. Uh, that has um, My Hero Academia Season 2. Which I just finished. Yes. Today. Right. Like half an hour ago. Wow. Okay. And I was like, I hope I'm going to finish this before Jacob gets over here. <laughs> okay, it's off. Where are you, Jacob? <laughs> I think I was just getting ready because like, it's still cold outside. Right. Yeah. Funny fact Funny fact about the last two days. Uh, one, my car was completely frozen and I decided to walk to work. That's why I saw your car yesterday. Exactly. It's still on the street. Exactly. So I walked... Got about halfway there, stepped in a puddle. My feet were frozen. Luckily, a fellow church member picked me up and drove me to work. And uh, realizing my feet were f- like icicles, uh, my boss very graciously drove me back to my apartment. I was allowed to change socks, change shoes, mm-hmm. and uh, drove back to work, went back to work, and then he drove me back home. Well, this morning, I tried to drive my car. So it wouldn't start? No, it started. Rolling everything. I was just completely blind on my right side because it was completely frozen over. Oh, yeah. Like, couldn't see out anything. So I just parked it in an adjacent parking lot. That's when you learn, no, let's not turn right. Yeah. And let's pray there's not a car coming as I make the turn onto 79. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, literally, that's why I have been going around the loop because I can't see out the right-hand side of the car because there's still ice and snow on it in the morning. <laughs> so I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to take the long way. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, so It'll yeah. be prettier this way in yeah. the middle of the morning when there's no sun out. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. It's, it's and then been... I have to keep an eye out for hogs. Right. Oh, my gosh. Hogs around here. It's ridiculous. But... Uh, this morning I woke up with a, with a slight backache because apparently I tweaked my back, you know, mm-hmm. sleeping. Because that's what happens when you get in your late, your late 30s. You old fart. <laughs> I have no room to talk. <laughs> hey, I've got more energy most 19-year-olds, okay? Continue. I'll get to what I've been watching here in a minute once you get this out of your... All right, so uh, work, be like, work was great. And, uh, and then I went home and then I was, I was watching Evangelion while I was doing laundry and doing my notes for this episode. So that is all I've been watching. Yeah, I finished season two of My Hero Academia. Uh, I was trying to get through it because I know in February when we get back to, you know, rolling. Rolling thy dice. Although that one may, we may end up having to schedule where it will work out better since considering who to get on that. Yeah. We'll have to make that decision when it comes. But within the next three months, we are doing uh, My Hero Academia 2 Heroes. It fits between seasons two and three. And even though we're not reviewing the show yet, I kind of figured I wanted to know how how we got to that point. Even though yeah. I had seen it, it's just been a long time. Right. And uh, so that's why I started going through it. And I was letting Jacob borrow my copies because that's what you do. Yeah. He doesn't need to be in the dark because he hasn't even watched any of it till now. Well, technically I've watched, I think it was like up season episode three or four before that. Because I was mm-hmm. watching it on Hulu. Ah. And, uh, and when you said you bought it, I was like... Yes, that works. Yeah, that way you don't have to worry about lag. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I've never gotten into season three, because when I started watching season three of My Hero, I kept getting lag four episodes in, and I'd just give up and wouldn't come back to the show for a while. Thank you, Funimation app. (laughs) So now I'll just do what you wanted me to do. Listen, buy your (laughs) Blu-rays. Did I fall into a trap? I don't know. Yeah, Uh, it's a trap. It's a a trap. Anyway, uh, also I played through and beat... The uh, DLC for Spider-Man on PS4. Okay. That was fun. Mm. Be- finished that yesterday. Watched a little bit of Star Trek Discovery. Still working my way through that. And the only other thing 
that I've watched. When we were on uh, Retro Rewind Podcast last Friday, and I believe the episode's coming out tomorrow. Okay. Our review of Kung Fu Hustle. If I can hold this at the right angle. What? That was an interesting review. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) I think I'm the only one who came out of it with favorable feelings. (laughs) I say favorable. I think I'm the only one who still liked it at the end of the at the end of the room. Well, I liked it, but it was just more there was there was so much about the yeah, film that was yeah, just like they, blah. <laughs> not to spoil that. Go listen to that episode when it releases over yeah. at Retro Rewind Podcast. Yeah, go get on your favorite uh, podcast catcher. Yes, and uh, we even helped record some of their Patreon content. So you won't get to hear that unless you a part pay, of the them, pay them money. Exactly. And they're good for it, trust me. Um cuz I still listen. Uh other than that, I uh, have not really watched anything else. What do we got in the news? What do we got in the news? Not a whole lot actually. It's January. Usually o- not a lot in January. No, there's not really not a lot. So the only thing I could find was movies coming to Netflix in 2021. Okay. So movie-wise, there are only three that I could find. Uh a-R-I-O. A-R-I-O? Yeah. Ario? Ario. I, I guess. The, yeah, it's Ario. Sounds so, like it's one letter off from Aria. Yeah. Aria. Ario. Now I got Tailspin in my head. <laughs> That's O-E-A. O-E-O. O-E-A. O-E-A. O-E-O. O-E-O. Da. 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 So Ario and, Ario and the Alligator Boy. Weird title, right? <laughs> so to give you a small uh, uh, synopsis of this movie. Upon learning that he is from New York City, a white-eyed boy who is half human, half alligator, decides to to leave his sheltered life in the swamp in search for his long-lost father. The animated musical movie, Alar, uh, Ario, the out al- uh, the alligator boy, will launch will launch Ario's journey to meet a group of misfits who quickly become his new family. Mm-hmm. Right. Boy, yeah, it's riveting, right? Sounds riveting. All right. So the second movie that they're releasing is Back to the Outback. Oh, okay. That's not yeah, that's not Back good. to the Outback. So Rescuers Down Under? Not quite. Tired of being locked in a reptile house when... Oh, Madagascar. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Where humans got gower, glare at them as though they are monsters. Mm-hmm. A ragtag group of Australians' deadliest predators plot to their daring escape. Their uh, escape their escape their confines of the zoo to the outback, a place where they'll they'll fit in without being judged for their scales and fangs. Are they getting help from penguins? I hope not. <laughs> so apparently, they're escaping from a Copyright zoo. infringement. What it sounds like. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Like when I was when I was reading this, I didn't even think Madagascar, and I have all the Madagascar yeah. films. Uh, I'm just sitting here like, that's the plot to Madagascar, pretty much. <laughs> all right, so apparently they got a lot of people that are Australian to do this. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the last movie, and apparently 20, 2021 has a lot to do with dragons. Apparently, because there's a lot mm. of dragon films coming out. Uh, this is last this. Last Wish, uh, Wish Dragon, a Sony Pictures animation, animation, Wish Dragon, Dean, a working class college student with big dreams, but small means, a long circular, but all powerful dragon cap capsule capable of granting wishes sets off an hilarious adventure through modern, modern day Shanghai, Shanghai to pursue Din's long lost childhood friend, Ling. Their journey forces them to, to answer some of life's biggest questions. Because, because when you wish for, for anything, you have to decide what really matters. Okay. So that is all I could find when it comes to the news. Okay. Why don't we go ahead and jump into uh, the spoiler-free section of our mm-hmm. review of The Return of Jafar. <laughs> this is technically my second viewing of this movie. Same here. The first viewing was so long ago, I barely remember it. Oh, wow. Because um, I was been very little and only watched it the one time. Oh, okay. Because much like I feel now, it's weak. I'll Just to put it nicely. Um, and you can definitely tell this was a made-for-TV movie that's designed as a pilot for the TV. I can at least tell that much. Okay. Well, I'll... I'll... I know it's more complicated than that, but yeah. I know it serves as the pilot episode for the show. Hmm. You know, you're going to tell me I'm wrong. Maybe it wasn't originally created for that, but it does serve. Well, technically, it wasn't the pilot. It was the end of this. The second movie, The Return of Jafar. Yeah. 
was to serve as, I believe... So Genie second... never showed up in Aladdin, the TV series. Never mind. I'm just saying. No, I'm wrong. I, I totally... I, You're I... thinking of Aladdin 3, yes. the Prince of Thieves. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. That is the... That is the conclusion is the to conclusion. the series. This is the pilot. This is basically the pilot. Yes, you're correct. Okay. I, I was getting my facts mixed up. Go figure. Squirrel. <laughs> yeah. He just showed back up now. Yeah. So obviously, we're getting the gang together. I mean, I know Iago is a friend in the show. He's been a friend. He gets this thing here. Sorry. Anywho, uh, <laughs> throw the spoilers out there. Yeah. No um, <laughs> oh, spoilers. Anyway, uh, it's okay. It's, it's a very serviceable movie. Okay. I have some issues with it. Of course. Which we'll get to. If you are an Aladdin fan and you plan on watching the show, definitely go ahead and watch this movie. You'll probably need to know this information. And it does introduce concepts and a character that's in the show. Mm -hmm. Past that, I'm curious how they're going to turn this into a live action movie. Maybe a loose adaption. <laughs> Very loose <laughs> adaption. Let me tell you this. Um, this movie is the only one of the Disney straight-to-video sequels mm -hmm. that has a level in Kingdom Hearts based on it. Okay. Very, extremely, loosely mm. based on it. Wow. In fact, about the only thing that you can say about it that is the same is Jafar comes back. Oh, fun. And Iago is, trying to, is running away from him and trying not to get caught and trying to turn over a new feather. Mm-hmm. That's about the only thing you could say is the same. Okay. So, yes. Uh, that's my thoughts on this one. What are your thoughts? Let's see. The first time I watched this film, I believe it was at my my mother's best friend's house. They had it. They, I think we had watched it. Or, no, uh, we watched it at their house. And me being, uh, I was like a younger, I was my young, I wasn't a teenager yet. I don't believe. Mm -hmm. But when this movie came out, I was 95. So... Yeah, I would have been a teenager. I would have been a very young teenager. Um, I remember enjoy enjoying this movie tremendously. Thought it was like, oh my gosh, best sequel ever. Now, granted, this is a little this is a little teenage, young preteen uh, mindset of this yeah. movie. Uh, other than that, I'd be like, I remember really enjoying the film, but having slight problems. But they were always overlooked because I just thought it was a really cool movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've watched it many times over that because my brothers and I just wanted to watch Aladdin had to put in uh, re the return to Jafar because it was just, it was the movie. Right. And every time I watched it, there was something off about it. Every time I just couldn't put my finger on it. And then I finally wound up watching it a couple of, uh, I think it was a couple of months ago mm -hmm. on Disney plus. And then it be like the, what, the, it, what it was hit you like a, Bird in the face? Yeah, just the... the like the, a Gilbert Gottfried right in the face? Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, why did they get this man to sing? Oh yes, <laughs> go ahead and smile. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just, I, I had problems with some of the animation. And uh, like you said, it's weak. It's a very weak movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll say, I'll, I will leave my, my full thoughts to this movie when we get into our spoiler section. Yeah. So that does bring us to the end of our spoiler-free section, and it's we're about to jump into the spoiler section right as soon as we get past the bumpers here, so join us then. All right. And we'll spoil this puppy. Mm -hmm. Ray! Okay. This progress is a part of Christian Reek Central Network. Hey, Scoop. What are you doing, man? I don't know. I'm supposed to be reading an ad. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Give me give me it. Okay. <laughs> All right. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. There you can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as the Christian Geek Central Podcast, the flagship of the Christian Geek Central Network, the CGC Podcast, previously known as the Spirit Played underground podcast is a weekly 30 to 60 minute biblical examination and celebration of geek entertainment and passion it features reviews interviews and conversations about movies tabletop games video games books comics tv shows and a widening variety of other entertainment also included is a chapter by chapter examination of the bible and its specific application for geeks Hosted by Peter Franson of Spirit Blade Productions, the show also features listener-submitted content and segments created by other members of the CGC Network. 
The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie The Return of Jafar. Listener discretion is advised. The Return of Jafar was directed by Toby Shelton, who also directed the Once Upon uh, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Gift of the Magi segment, mm-hmm. and he also directed Atlantis Milo's Return. Mm. It's also directed by Tad Stones, who directed dark, some episodes of Darkwing Duck. And the Hellboy animated sh- uh, uh, specials, straight-to-video uh, things, called Sword of Storms and Blood mm. and Iron. Yeah. And then Alan Zaslov was the director on episodes of Darkwing Duck, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and DuckTales. Uh, for the written by, I am not going to give what they listed because there's so many writers on this one. Uh-huh. So there the story go. was written by uh, Dwayne Caprizi, Doug Langdell, Mark McCorkle, Bob Shuley, and Tad Stones. And the script was written by Kevin Campbell, Marith J. Callow, Bill Motts, Stephen Roberts, Dev Ross, Bob Roth, Jan Strand, and Brian Swinlin. And uh, the music was by Mark Waters, who also did the music for Tiny Toons' How I Spent My Summer Vacation. Huh. Interesting. I, I've, I was I've watched curi- that. <laughs> I was curious if he had also done Wacko's Wish, because it's kind of in the same vein. Yeah. It's a different type of story. Agreed. And he didn't. Uh, getting into the cast, mm. and I think this, I, I'm not exactly sure what order IMDb gave me this in, so, but it is kind of an odd order. Okay. Jason Alexander plays Abby Small. Mm-hmm. He is, of course, George Costanza in Seinfeld, and he played Hugo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Jonathan Freeman reprises his role as Jafar. And apparently he played a character named Tito Swing in Shining Time Station. Huh. The American version of uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. Huh. How, it, how it was originally released. Yeah, and so oddly enough that Jonathan, is, he's, been, he's the only person, minus the original guy, who di- has done Jafar. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like, he's even done the, the, the stage performance of it. Yeah. Which is, like, incredible. Like, you, you've never the seen that The only person much- who's done better is uh, the guy who plays Hercule- uh, plays uh, Hades and Hercules. Yeah. Kevin Bacon. Isn't it Kevin Bacon? Ke- Kevin Bacon? No, it's not Kevin Bacon. No, it's uh, uh, Woods. James Woods. Yeah, James Woods. Or uh, Jody... Uh, come on. Jody, Jody Bennett. Jody Bennett. For Little Mermaid? Yeah. Well, how many times did we see that... Uh, uh, what's her name? Played Ursula. Oh. She um, did it a lot, too. She was yeah. even in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, Curry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to this. Uh, Jeff Bennett played a thief. And he played Kowalski in the Penguins of Madagascar TV series and Johnny Bravo in Johnny Bravo. Gilbert Gottfried played Iago and he played the he played Krang Subprime in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh-huh. And he's the Aflac Duck. Ah, was the Aflac Duck. Was the Aflac Duck. He is not anymore. Uh, Val Betton played the Sultan and he previously played Dr. David Q. Dawson in The Great Mouse Detective. Huh. Scott Wanger played Aladdin. He played a character named Steve Hale in Fuller House. Brad Kane was Aladdin's singing voice, and he played a character named Lanny in Starship Troopers. Linda Larkin played Princess Jasmine, and she played Gil's girlfriend in Runaway Bride. Okay. That's the only thing I saw that was not Princess Jasmine. Oh, okay. Um, Liz oh, Calloway, yeah. on the other hand, was Princess Jasmine's singing voice, and she was also the voice of Anastasia. In Anastasia huh. and Princess Odette in the Swan Princess. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she's good at playing the second-rate Disney princesses. Ouch! Hey, I'm, I'm only saying that because <laughs> Anastasia, because she was not at Disney originally. Yes, but then you're and all, she's you're, obviously designed as a Disney knockoff. That is true, but also you're implying that Jasmine's a second-rate Disney princess. No, he's the singing voice for the actual Princess Jasmine. Okay, just clarification. <laughs> Because I know a lot of people are like, how dare you? Yes, yes. Uh, Dan Castellaneta was uh, the voice of Genie, starting with this. Uh, he's, of course, known for playing Homer Simpson in The Simpsons. And he played the robot devil in Futurama. B.J. Ward played a street mother. That is literally how she's credited. A mother. street mother. Uh, she played Velma Dinkley in Scooby-Doo in the Cyber Chase. Jim Cummings played Rajul. He is, of course, known for playing the character of Pete, much like he did last week. Mm. But he was also the general in Castle in the Sky. Mm-hmm. Our good pal, Frank Welker, played Abu. I wish we actually knew him. Um, Did he play Raja in this one? It didn't list him as Raja. It, it only sounds- listed him as Abu. It I would like not Raja. be surprised if he also did Raja. Yeah. Because he did Raja in the original. It makes sense. Yeah. 
But in the Guardians of the Galaxy TV series that was on Disney XD, he played Odin. Oh, okay. Getting into our Kingdom Hearts connections, some of these you're going to be able to get. Uh, Jim Cummings was the voice of Pete, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Cheshire Cat, Captain Justice, Captain Dark, Julius, and Ed. Now, just for transparency's sake, spoilers for Kingdom Hearts uh, Birth by Sleep. I had to think about it. Captain Justice and Captain Dark are both Pete. And no! that's not much of a spoiler because it's painfully obvious. Uh, Frank Welker, of course, is Experiment 221, Sparky. Jeff Bennett is the voice of Merlin, Large Beagle Boy, Small Beagle Boy, Geppetto, Mr. Smee, Bashful, Lumiere, Beryl, and the mayor of Halloween Town. And then Dan Castellaneta, Scott Wenger, Gilbert Godfrey, Linda Larkin, and Jonathan Freeman reprise their roles from this Okay. As, of course, Genie, Aladdin, Iago, Princess Jasmine, and Jafar, respectively. So, that brings me to the end of the cast. What do we got in info and stuff? All right, info and stuff. Uh, okay. You can, watch, you, can, you can now watch this on Disney Plus mm-hmm. if you are subscribed to Disney Plus. If you're I not, it. do it. It's a, it's a good service. If For no other reason than WandaVision coming up if you're an MCU nut like I am. Exactly. And um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then Loki. Loki! <laughs> Well, I'm really looking forward to Loki. <laughs> I really am. All right. So on IMDb, this movie did not give any. This was. Uh, this is this was the abysmal. start of a bad trend. A very bad trend. It's almost like the first character we meet in this should have given us an idea as to what we were in for, considering his name is Abysmal. Because mm-hmm. it's abysmal. Yeah. All right, so on IMDb, it has a Rotten Tomato score of 33, but its audience score is a 40. That's better than I expected, actually. <laughs> All right, uh, production was obviously Walt Disney Television Animation and mm-hmm. the Walt Disney Company. Distribution, obviously, by Walt Disney Home Video. Its box office, obviously, it didn't have box office because it was, it was designed strictly for home, uh, home uh, video release. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had a estimated budget of $3.5 million. Uh, this movie was released on May 20th, 1994. It had an estimated budget of $3.5 million uh, because it was a direct-to-video direct release because originally they wanted to do it as a theatrical release, but they realized the cost difference between uh, to make an animated movie was about to push the theaters was approximately five years mm-hmm. or it was about between three and a half, four years uh, to release a movie to directly to video was about two and a half years. So they went that route. And obviously you can tell you can most definitely tell when it comes to the quality of this movie, definitely animation wise. Uh, it was originally, it was released on uh, VHS on that same day. Uh, it was the first installment of, Walt Disney Home Video Collection Series. Uh, within its first two days, it sold $1.5 million on VHS copy mm-hmm. and more than $6.5 million uh, within a week. Uh, it sold more than 10 million copies. Um, and overall, its overall release, it's sold, it has sold over one, 150 million copies. Okay. Uh, eventually... Uh, Eventually, 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 it's uh, it's eventually, gr- eventually, 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 uh, its worldwide growth is, uh, has been estimated at three hundred million three hundred million uh, units sold. Uh, with its original release, it was a, it was re released on DVD and VHS with uh, Aladdin on January eighteenth two thousand two thousand five, uh, the same day of its direct sequel, Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Uh, it was released. Uh, this was also it was a re-release with digital res- restoration, the sort restoration to picture and remastered sound. I'm assuming this is not the version we got. I don't know <laughs> because I this thing needs restoration. <laughs> I have no idea. Honestly, I don't know. Um, let's see. Maybe it had that to Aladdin. I don't think it got it to Return of Jafar. <laughs> yeah. Oddly enough, this went in the vault. Of course, it, it went back. Everything into the, goes back into the vault yeah, after a while. Yeah, that's true, but it's just weird. Like these movies go into the vault, or it probably went into the vault with Aladdin. That's probably true, but the the fact that like I know a lot of people think it's like the vault, like the Disney vault. <laughs> they had for years, like every five years, movie would come out, yeah. and it would be out for a couple of months, and it go back in the vault. Now it only comes. Now it stays in on Disney Plus until they need to make some more money on a disc release. Yeah, exactly. 
on January 31st, January 31st, 2008 in the U.S. The Return of Jafar, let's see, it was released on Blu-ray, released on Blu-ray combo pack in 2016 as a Disney Disney movie club exclusive to North America. Okay. So it's made it to Blu-ray at least. (laughs) The same way a Goofy movie did, which is not good enough for me. No, exactly. It's... It's uh, there again, very thankful for Disney Movie Club yes. to releasing these films. But we'd see. like new, better versions of the releases. Than yeah, full releases. More, more, uh, release more. it to the main public. That's all we ask. <laughs> Either way, so that is all I have for right. info and stuff. Jumping into the summary. One year has passed since the events of the first film. Aladdin and Abu have settled in the palace of Agrabah with Princess Jasmine and her father, the Sultan. Still yearning for adventures, Aladdin foils a criminal group stealing loot and returns it to the people of Agrabah. Meanwhile, in the desert, Iago escapes from Jafar's lamp. Tired of being taken for granted, Iago refuses Jafar's demands to free him. After throwing the lamp into a well, Iago returns to Agrabah, hoping to befriend Aladdin and return to the palace. During a confrontation with Aladdin and Abu, the three are attacked by thieves. Iago inadvertently saves Aladdin's life. In gratitude, Aladdin keeps Iago on the palace grounds, promising to the Sultan on Iago's behalf. Meanwhile, Abiz Maul, the ruthless leader of the thieves, finds Jafar's lamp in the well. Hindered by his incompetent new master, Jafar manipulates Abiz Maul into wasting his first two wishes, then enlists his help in taking revenge on Aladdin. In exchange, he will grant him a special third wish. Abiz Maul agrees, also desiring revenge on Aladdin. Meanwhile, Genie returns to the palace after traveling the world. At the evening banquet, the Sultan announces Aladdin is the new Grand Vizier, Abu and Raja discover Iago in the garden and chase him into the banquet. Aladdin asks the Sultan to pardon Iago, but Jasmine is dismayed that Aladdin never confided in her. Genie and Iago help persuade Jasmine to give Iago a chance. The Sultan remains suspicious, however, but issues Iago a temporary pardon with the stipulation that Aladdin watch over him. Jafar sneaks into the palace and forces Iago to trick Aladdin and the Sultan to travel to a waterfall. Jafar then captures Genie, Abu, and the Sultan, locking them in the dungeon. Jafar, posing as Jasmine, frames Aladdin for the Sultan's alleged murder and sentences him to execution. Iago frees the genie, who saves Aladdin. Jafar now controls Agrabah, but Aladdin vows to stop him by destroying the lamp. Iago decides to leave. Aladdin and the group confront Jafar in the treasure room just before Abiz Maul can wish him free. Abiz Maul realizes that Jafar will never grant his third wish and swears revenge on Aladdin and his friends. Meanwhile, Jafar transforms into his genie form and incapacitates the genie and shatters flying carpet. He splits open the palace gardens, creating a pool of lava and traps Aladdin on a sinking rock. Iago returns and grabs the lamp. He is severely injured by Jafar, but he kicks the lamp into the lava, destroying Jafar. Aladdin rescues Iago as Jafar's magic is done, restoring the palace gardens and flying carpet. Aladdin officially adopts Iago and is officially accepted into the palace. Aladdin ultimately declines the Sultan's offer to become the vizier, instead opting to see the world with Jasmine, much to Iago's chagrin. And I'm going to get into some trivia on this one. The Return of Jafar was Disney's first direct-to-video sequel. Mm-hmm. According to the writers of the film, this was because the ending for Aladdin made it ambiguous as to whether Aladdin and Jasmine actually married, as well as the time frame between Genie's freedom and the actual wedding. The story of The Return of Jafar is heavily centered around Iago more than any of the other characters. Some clips from this film were used in the opening intro of the Aladdin television series. The first half of the movie was animated by Walt Disney Animation Australia, and the second half was animated by Walt Disney Animation Japan. Australia has a more expressive and live art style, while Japan has nicer drawings. The animation switches when Abyss Mall is climbing on the palace wall, resulting in Aladdin suddenly wearing a street rat clothes instead of his prince clothes. Similarly, Australia animated the first part of the Darkwing Duck pilot, while Japan animated the second part. Hmm, interesting. One of the considered titles for The Return of Jafar which was changed quite late into its development, was Iago Returns, but it was decided that The Return of Jafar was a much more catchy title. When Aladdin presents Jasmine with the jeweled flower, she places it in a vase with another real flower. In the following sequence, while Abu tries to steal the jeweled flower, both real and jeweled flowers appear and disappear inaccurately within the vase. When When Iago says, tricky is good, tricky I can do. His mouth keeps moving as if speaking for over a second after he stops speaking, suggesting that another longer line was originally intended to be spoken at that point. Abu was originally captured by Jafar in Metal Claws, but later this was changed to regular walk-up. When Aladdin was throwing all of Abyss Maul's ill-gotten treasure down the streets, one of the characters, a beggar, 
that essentially got a golden scepter in a bowl heavily resembles Jafar's beggar form. Iago in the movie gets more role than the first movie. He gets two songs, three instances of proving himself and saving Aladdin and showing immense bravery. Genie is wearing his wrist chains during much of the movie, although they fell off in the first movie when Aladdin wished him free. It could be that Genie either wears them due to personal preference or simply out of habit, having done so for thousands of years. Probably not known to most people, Disney has actually made subtle alterations to Jafar's death scene when the movie was re released onto DVD. In the original VHS release, his skeleton is seen rapidly flashing from his body. That is true. In the DVD release, it is the same animation, only half of the flashes have been removed. Possible reasons behind this edit could be due to the differences in frame rate of VHS and DVD formats, or, what I think is the more likely one, the rapid flashes in the scenes, which could cause epilepsy in some viewers, mm -hmm. which is edited out out of respect following the infamous Electric Soldier Porygon Pokemon incident from 1997. True. Aladdin is the third Disney animated film to become a franchise after Saludos Amigos and the Rescuers. This is the only Disney direct-to-video film to have the 1985 Blue Castle Walt Disney Television logo at the end of the film, due to it originally planned to be released as a t television special. It is also the only direct-to-video film copyrighted to the Walt Disney Company instead of Disney Enterprises Incorporated since the Disney studio started changing its name from the Walt Disney Company to Disney Enterprises in the copyright notices as of 1996. The film reveals that destroying a genie's lamp can kill the genie. This is the only known way to kill a genie so far. And, uh, yeah, last but not least, in this film, Iago claims that he had a wife and three unhatched eggs. However, as this all was meant to be a desperate plea to get Abu to unlock the cage, it's unknown if Iago was being honest about it or not. It is likely he was lying, as he later gets a love interest in the TV show. But let's face it, it's Iago. That is true. He could be cheating on his wife and three unhatched chicks. That is true. So, that brings us to the end of, uh, summary and trivia. Let's get into our likes. My first like... I've mentioned, at least back on the Retro Rewind podcast, because I, after I said listeners of this show know I love a good redemption arc, mm -hmm. I got to thinking, have I ever actually said that on this show? <laughs> I don't know if I did, I don't but think let's, you face ever it, have. let's face it, I do love a good redemption arc. Yeah. And Iago actually gets a pretty decent one in he this does. movie. He does. Uh, Iago is one of the, he's obviously, in the first movie, he's Jafar's lackey, and he's designed to be com comedy real. Exactly. And losing Iago would be a shame. So it makes sense that he would leave Jafar and go hang out with the good guys so he could be more comedic, really. He actually goes a lot farther in this than I expected because half the time I was expecting Iago, Iago's eventual betrayal that you can see from a mile away. Yes. I expected it to be more, obviously, I'm the bad guy because I was the bad guy in the last movie. This is a bad Gilbert Gottfried impression. <laughs> But I was expecting it to be more like that. But no, I actually felt sorry for Iago when he was stuck between a rock and a hard place Yeah, on what he had to do. So yeah, uh, both Iago's redemption and the way he handled his forced betrayal, I thought was done very well. And that's mm -hmm. my first like. Yeah, uh, I will follow that up with the same thing. His uh, His redemption arc is very... Very well done, very well crafted. Mm -hmm. The the fact that like like you said in the like you said, um, Iago started off as a villain, mm -hmm. and throughout the course of this film, he his his birdie heart is softened by you know the the kindness in which Aladdin and everybody else gives him. Mm -hmm. Like even after he's you know betrayed everybody, yeah. Uh, and it's very fitting that he ultimately betrays Jafar. Yeah. And I just I find that very the fact that like it was move it was moving that the 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 point of Iago sacrificing was almost sacrificing himself in order to prevent like you know the calamity from happening ultimately mm -hmm. kicking Jafar's lamp into the lava and I really enjoyed that I really enjoyed the the character's you know redemption arc it was very it was a very touching in a lot of ways like you yeah. said before. And like I say, I really enjoyed it. So that's my number one. All right. What's your number two? My number two is the death of Jafar. Okay. The way they handle it. First off, kudos for Disney to actually killing somebody off. Yeah. In something designed for kids. <laughs> and not just uh, they fell off a cliff and that's the last we will see of them. Yeah. 
I'm thinking of Gaston, obviously. Right. No, this is, we see his lamp melting, and we get this pretty brutal electric shock thing going through his body. That's pretty disturbing Agreed. for kids. Agreed. So kudos for Disney for going through with that, because it definitely gets the point across. Um, and I do like how, even though uh, Jafar is obviously a much more serious character, mm-hmm. the magic still follows Genie's magic where it's a little more animated than oh yeah like say the rest of the world is mm-hmm. a little more cartoony i like how even jafar's is cartoony in this mm-hmm. it's definitely seen as death where we get the you know the old electrocution gag mm-hmm. essentially yeah even though he's not really getting electrocuted his thing is his lamp is melting yeah he's just so it's kind of weird but still it works yeah so yeah the death of jafar is my second like mine is kind of follows in the same way it's uh Jafar's revenge, mm-hmm. the his plot in order to frame Aladdin for the the Sultan's death. I think it's clever. I think it's clever. It was it was a good ruse. It was a good. I remember as a child or as a teenager watching this, and I was like, "Wow, that's really good." But now as an adult, you see more of be like you see the fobbles and the flaws mm-hmm. of everything going on. But uh, it's still it's still a very good execution wise when it comes to a revenge plot. Um, uh, you think that ever since he is all powerful and all, he's got abysmal yeah. as his pathetic sidekick. Mm-hmm. It is, it's a good, it's a good revenge plot for what it is. Right. And that's all I'll say about that. So that's my number two. My number three, like is, uh, my third, like actually is Dan Castellaneta's genie. Okay. Now, granted it ain't Robin Williams. No, it's not. It's a far cry from Robin Williams. But it was actually better than I was expecting it to be. Because admittedly, the only other uh, Dan Castellaneta genie that I know to any degree is him in Kingdom Hearts. Now, the problem with Kingdom Hearts is not Dan Castellaneta. It's Japanese trying to write jokes and then being... They wrote wrote jokes that were good, maybe worked in Japan. They translated into English. Don't quite work so well. And Dan's timing is not exactly great in that game. And it comes to that, and its voice sounds a little off. But in this, it worked actually pretty fine. Not, I'm not going to say any of his jokes where, you know, laugh out loud. Yeah. I mean, uh, Will Smith, I think, had some funnier jokes in his movie. Agreed. But, I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, I, I, I laughed at the It's a Small World joke. Yeah. I shouldn't have. It was a stupid joke, and I <laughs> saw it coming. But it's like, oh, how'd you get back so fast? Oh, obviously, it's a small world after all. Oh. And then that five seconds ha, ha, ha. later, it's a small oh, world after all. all. <laughs> Good job, guys. Good job. <laughs> all right. But, but yeah, his genie is actually not that bad in this. And, agree. I, and I know it continue, he continues this one into the show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Dan Castle and his genie is actually pretty good. All right. So, my number three is Oddly, it's one of the songs. Oh. Yeah. It's the first song. <laughs> Arabian Nights? No, uh, that no. Iago song. Iago song. Yeah, I'm I'm looking out for me. <laughs> I know, I know. This is like it's lame. It's silly. No, no, no. This is actually will transfer perfectly into my first dislike. Okay, okay, so I got you. Go ahead. All right. So segue. That's the word. Segue. That's a good segue. You'll perfectly segue. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> okay. Um, not necessarily like it's not the the singer's voice. That's a terrible voice. Uh, for a singer, but the lyrically it's okay i just for some reason i always really enjoyed that song when i was a kid and even in this watching i find myself humming along to it and it's i really enjoy the song i don't know why (laughs) i I believe me like someone should just cover this song and not do go for goffrey's voice just do their voice and uh that that would be interesting Mm -hmm. the the song itself even though it's it's not very well written it's still a funny little song but either way, I just really enjoy I'm Looking Out For Me, which that's always been weird for me. But so, yeah, the the song um, I'm Looking Out For Me is yeah. my number three. What is your number? My one? first this is like, like dovetailing off of uh, yeah. your third like. Our bird tailing. Yes. Well, dove is a bird. Yeah. Parrot tailing. Parrot tailing. Parrot tailing. Anyway, <laughs> who in their right mind decided to give. Gilbert Gottfried, not one, but two songs. My ears still hurt <laughs> from hearing these two songs. Gilbert Gottfried should not sing. Now, 
if you're going to give Iago a song, I understand. You can't have uh, he has to sound like Iago. Unless you're going to run the joke that when he sings, he has such a melodic voice. But when he talks, he talks like this. (laughs) If you're going to do that joke, that would be great. I realize that's not what you're going to do here. It's got to be as annoyingly when he sings as when he talks. However, don't let Gilbert Gottfried sing again. We already know it's not going to work. Good night. I knew you were going there. That, that's funny. That was really good, man. And here's the thing. You you talked about, uh, I'm looking out for me. Mm-hmm. I would actually say he doesn't sing in that song. He speaks lyrically, yeah. but he doesn't sing because he can't sing. Yeah. Singing requires you to know the metal, melody. Yeah. I don't think he knows what a melody is in a dropped bu- in, in, with a bucket. <laughs> he couldn't. Oh. He could carry a note in a bucket, but it'd have to be folded up in a nice package first. Mm. Yeah. Gilbert Godfrey should not sing. That's my first dislike. What's your first dislike? My first dislike. And I put these in a different order, but I'm shuffling them right now. Oh my gosh, the animation in this movie. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, it drove me nuts. As as a kid, I knew there was something wrong. Oh like, yes. So as as my as my Once again, this my, will parrot tail into my next one. Yes. <laughs> so I'm watching it as a ch- I'm watching it as a preteen. I'm like something, Billy. It's really cool, but Does I it have I think I to do with the fact that it looks like he's about to throw up. <laughs> when he's not. Yeah, that is true. the The fact that you said that part of the movie was animated by Warner Brothers. Not no. I said it again. Walt Disney Animation Australia. Huh? I'll leave that one in there. Okay. And then the second part was. Walt Disney Animation Japan. Japan. You can once you recognize that, you can tell the difference. Oh yeah. Between the animation styles. Because Australia is very much is livelier. It's a little more cartoony. Yeah. It's a little bit uh the colors are not quite right half the time. <laughs> right, they're not. <laughs> but when you get to Japan, there's a all of a sudden the art goes up. It's just anime at that point. So it's kind of a stiff movement not stiff movements yeah you know but that anime art style of you move into a position stop kind of a thing that happens a lot in this i mean there's still some active movement right but you can definitely tell the difference oh yeah it's it's when i was a kid when i was watching it as as a teenager i'm thinking like something's up with this i can't put it on my my i can't i can't point it out but now i can Mm -hmm. like like you said it's it's animated with two different it's different Two of the different parts of the world animated this yes. movie. Well, the, and intro me. Not that different. They're only like, in, Australia's just south of Japan. That is true. Never mind. On a different hemisphere than us. <laughs> yes. It ha- and keep in mind, this is the 90s, which means it had to go on a boat from Australia mm-hmm. and Japan to America to be edited. Yes. Who knows what happened? <laughs> also, but, I'm kind of dovetailing it. Pigeon ta- parrot tailing. Yeah, there we go. It's going to be the word now. Parrot tailing with yours because this is all. This is my second dislike. Okay, go. You take out the fact that there's shots of a boo and a couple other characters who suddenly turn green for no good reason. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. That that yes. annoyed me. Yes. Uh, the fact that Genie has his arm chains despite the fact he shouldn't at this point. True. But that's a problem throughout the whole movie and the TV show, and the third movie, um, and Kingdom Hearts. If we're being honest. It's his trademark. Let's it, say that. It's annoying because it's because it's a sign of a slavery that he's now wearing for fun. Yeah. Um, the other thing that annoys is that at least on the Disney Plus transfer, mm. I'm saying it this way because I don't know how true this is across the board. Okay. You can tell that this was a pan and scan, but the sep- but going the other way. Okay. No, normally when we think pan and scan, especially from our generation. Yeah. We're thinking it's a widescreen movie that they zoomed in to make four by three. Yeah. And it's panning to the actual movement of where, where, what you actually need to look at and leaving off the parts that's not as important. Now, this is the other way around where you have a full screen, but you have the cameras now just moving up and down to where the important parts of the scene are. Right. Because you can tell this was not made at 16 by nine. No, it wasn't. And because it's there's stuff that's painfully obviously cutting off in weird spots. I mean, this is almost as bad as the Simpsons were on Disney Plus. If you don't turn the feature on to turn it back to four by three, yeah, in those early episodes, you can tell you're just missing stuff. Mm-hmm. It may not be important stuff, but it feels like you're missing stuff yeah. the entire time. And I'm sitting there going, "Why did you do this, Disney Plus? 
surely, surely you didn't release it on VHS like that. Can you imagine watching this version of the movie on a 4x3 television with Letterboxd? Mm. With this bad editing on the mm-hmm. on the Pandan scan? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I didn't think that... Any, it, it, surely this is not how it was originally released, is the thought that keeps crossing my mind. But it's the version we got, and it annoys me. So, yeah. Bad, uh, weird animation styles and weird transfer. Yeah. All right. That's my second dislike. What's right. your second dislike? So kind of parrot tailing. Parrot tailing. Thank you. Parrot tailing That's from that from week <laughs> to week. Uh, this mo- this movie. Oh my gosh. Very weak story. Mm-hmm. Very weak song. But like yes, yes, it's it's supposed to be a musical. There's no harp behind this thing. They, but like yeah. Oh they, yeah. This was definitely pushed out. To get it put pushed out. Yeah. To, like, this is a cash grab. Yeah, exactly. They, they, someone wrote, tried to make a good story out of it. Yeah. To lead into the show, but it's still a cash grab. Yeah. Like you said, how many how many people wrote this thing? Uh, 16 people. Wow. That is crazy. They rewrote and rewrote and rewrote this script. Wow. And they rewrote and rewrote and rewrote the story before they adapted it into that script. Yeah. This movie had problems. It did. In the um, writing room, and it's obvious. Yes. Like, you have these, like, it, it. this movie does not have the same flair. It doesn't have the same passion. It doesn't have any of the original. It does not have the same fire, quality. Quality or fire behind it yes. is the original. It's just, like you said, it feels like a cash grab. Mm-hmm. And understanding this is a, you know, this is a supplement pilot into the series. Right, but this is supposed to be getting you excited for the new TV show yeah. starting next week or whenever. This does not make me want to go watch Aladdin. No, definitely is adult now. Because here's the thing. We just watched two other Disney movies that were tied into TV shows. Right. Kim Possible, So the Drama, and, the goofy, and a yes. Goofy movie. Now, granted, a Goofy movie is not directly connected to Goof Troop, but it exists in the same universe. Yes. Kim Possible, So the Drama actually makes me want to watch Kim Possible again. Yeah. It's been a while, and I'd ne- I've never watched the whole thing from beginning to end. Yeah. So I'm sure I've missed some nuances, so it would be a full and fun one to try if I ever get the chance to. Yeah. A Goofy movie, while it doesn't make me want to watch Goof Troop, does at least remind me how of the, of the type of show Goof Troop was. Yeah. And it was a very, and both of those movies are very high quality movies. Agreed. They are. And then you get this thing. Exactly. That was very obvious. Pushed out to home video to make a quick buck. Yes. And it's, even though it serves as the pilot, as far as I can tell, it was never shown on television. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I, I couldn't How canon is it if you're not even going to show it on television? That is weird. With that the rest so, of the show. That is so weird. Uh, also, I, I failed to mention this in my first dislike. Oh my gosh, the eyes. The eyes in this movie drove me nuts. Because they, they sh- in the first part, they were great. Oh, yeah. they, like, they, they were nice and animated, nice and fluid. The second part, it's like just, they, they shifted like, so much. It's like the, pe- the pupils move. Yeah. But the eye does not. It's like, ah, quit. <laughs> like, move your head. Come on, please. Oh my gosh. Actually try to match as much as you can on obviously the cheap budget you had. Match the look of the show, right? Or the movie? Okay, so so here's a weird. Or at least of the show you're going to create. True. So there, there here's a weird, weird. Here's where uh, compare and contrast. I'm currently watching Neon Genesis Evangelion. This show a is Japanese the, anime from around the same era. Exactly, 1995. Mm-hmm. Different animation company, but still, yeah. Uh, so. In Evangelion, you have a lot of still shots, like a ton of still shots. Yes, because the budget on that actually was pretty small too. Yeah, it was, and very- it all got spent on giant robots fighting giant angels. That is true. It did. So everything else is Suffered. almost slideshow the television show. Oh, almost. You're you're fairly close on it. You're really close on it. But at least the animation looked good in Evangelion. Oh yeah, at least the the still shots looked amazing. Moved. Yeah, exactly. Unlike in this one, they kind of like. like, er, er. It's like and eyes well, moved when they didn't want to. It's like, what the heck? <laughs> it helps that half the character during that second half are locked up. Yeah, exactly. They just kind of sit like, still like, up. Uh, and, Genie's, and Genie's in that unbreakable glass ball. It's like, well, of course Genie can't move. He can't get out of the unbreakable Genie container. Yeah, when he still has semi muscle Wait a minute. He's not contained by the lamp. How can anything hold him anymore? <laughs> oh, yes, he's depowered. Because we had to make him a good character for the show. And if we had an all-powerful genie, it would go, everything would be over too quickly. Don't do that. 
think of your mind, people. Actually write a good show with that involved. Right. I mean, this is the thing. Or here's a wild idea. As much as we all love the genie, since you can't get Robin Williams, and even though Dan Castellaneta does a good job, don't put genie in it except as a as a nice little fan service thing about near the end of the second season or the end of the first season. How about that? <laughs> and actually write a good show about Aladdin and Jasmine and Abu and Magic Carpet and Iago going around and having fun. It mm. can be done. Good. Yeah, you don't get genie, but guess what? Genie is all free, and guess what? You can run into him later on. Possible. That's been a good idea. Don't but... just make genie power. Don't, don't depower the genie. I'm saying. <laughs> That's right. not even my dislike. <laughs> all right. So what is your number three, three. dislike? Yeah. My number three dislike. The art style of this show, uh, of this movie. Yes. Okay. So I understand. Before I parrot tail, only need to mine. Before a parrot tail. Yeah. Before I get angry emails telling me to give this movie a break it's obvious couldn't match the actual character models from the movie and the character models from the show maybe not were maybe not ready to go yet so they were doing the best they could on all this stuff i don't care because here's the thing as a child this movie came out mm-hmm. i was the target audience yeah even i knew then the difference between a good animation quality and poor animation quality you obviously uh you you were a super Aladdin fan, so maybe it just slipped past you. But I was not as big an Aladdin fan. I liked okay. the movie, uh-huh. did not have the passion for Aladdin yet. Okay, that's the only that's not fairest way I know how to put that. So I remember looking at this, going, "This looks like garbage." When I was <laughs> seven, oh wow, or however old I was right. when this movie came out. What was it? Ninety seven? Ninety four? Ninety four? I would have been nine. Yeah, and I could tell the movie looked like garbage when I was <laughs> nine. I'm not saying it's garbage. I'm just saying you look at Jafar. Be, I'll be nice because Jafar is the only character in this movie that is not in the TV show as far as I know. Yeah. How can he be? He died in this movie. Both his genie form and mm-hmm. his human form look like somebody pooped him out. When you look at I'm his... I'm not going to argue with it. When you, his genie form is two-dimensional. There is very there is some shading, but it's, yeah, it's very little. Yes, agreed. Genie has more shading than Jafar's genie form does. Mm. Jafar's vizier form, for lack yeah. of a better term, or sorcerer form. Yeah, I'm assuming he's supposed to look like his sorcerer form from during the fight in Aladdin. Yeah, for the coloring and everything. Yeah, why does he look like paper cutout? He does look like a paper cutout. And I'm not just saying that because of the Janir Jafar wherever you are meme, where he obviously is a paper cutout. <laughs> On the Titanic. Yes. Uh, I am talking about why is it throughout this whole thing, he looks like he doesn't look as real as Aladdin does. Yeah. Or the Sultan. I mean, sure, they don't look as good as the movie. I understand that. Lesser budget. You have to cut some corners somewhere. Not even the same animation studio. You are doing the best you can. And it's set up for a TV show. And I remember the Aladdin TV show looking pretty good. And this does parrot tail into that, obviously. But you look at Jafar, and he looks like the fact that he doesn't have a neck is so painfully obvious in this version, more painfully obvious in this version than in, than the original Aladdin. That makes you go, why, why, Disney? Why did you do this? Why did couldn't you make Jafar look like Jafar? Is my question. And I know this is I'm kind of rambling at this yeah. point. I'm gonna let you go ahead and parrot tell off of me because my. I'm not really sure where else I can go with this at the moment. So, yeah. My third dislike is the art style of this. All right. Looking so much more poor than I have remembered than than the movie did. Okay. Which is not fair, but I don't care. All right. So, it's ending conclusion. The the climax of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. You could, like, why did they have to go? Because they were doing so well. They didn't go back and just copy and paste the original and change a few things out because like, there are several movies that do that. Yeah. They were doing so they well. They actually gave an original ending for the movie. Yeah. Minus the beginning of that climax. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. It's literally Jafar like, sitting on the throne. Everyone's locked in the dungeon Gre- and Jafar's on the throne. It's like, well, the now, next thing you're going to tell me is the palace is for no reason up on top of that mountain again. Mm-hmm. Half expecting it to be. Yeah, He's a genie. He could do it. Yeah. And there's this beat by beat by beat by beat. The fact to be like, uh, Jafar gets distracted. Abu yeah. grabs the lamp. What have you. I'm just like, ah, come on. You were doing so well. And then you had to go and botch it with making your, like your, 
your climax of the film, just a cut and paste from the original film. Yes, but at the very least, as things are starting to look grim above the lava lake. Yeah, that, that was good. That, which was good. They go ahead and take off of, from uh, Star Wars and have Iago come in and say, uh, blow that, uh, this pops, let's blow this popsicle stand kid or whatever the Han Solo line is. Yeah. Because that's essentially what happens. He comes in, saves Aladdin's butt, and then knocks the lamp off into the lava. Yeah. It's like, Aladdin could have done this at any time. He just was, could not reach the stupid lamp. Yeah. Abu could have jumped over there and got That her. is true, but also it works but for Iago. had to give Iago's, Iago's redemption. I understand yeah. that. And just going, oh, look. It's Bird Solo. <laughs> Parrot Solo. Parrot Solo. Gilbert Solo. Oh, please no. No, no more Gilbert Solos. Please no. No. Yes, we need no more Gilbert Solos. We had too many this movie. My ears still bleed. Maybe. Now, now I don't know if he sings in the third film. I don't know if he does or not. I've I don't seen I don't the know. third film one time, and it's I don't even know how, if he's in it for any length of time outside of anybody else right. i know he's not the focus like he was in this movie right but either way i think that you know concludes our likes and dislikes of this yes film. yes it does uh you want to go ahead and give your rating all right my uh my score so if you were to ask me when i was a little 12 year old little boy 12 11 years old uh my score on aladdin uh the return of jafar it would have been an eight mm-hmm. now grant what I could, is it now it's a 6.5 okay uh, there, there's, again, there's a lot of nostalgia still wrapped up in it. Uh, I enjoy it for the nostalgia when I was a child, but I still, there are so many problems with this film, the story characters, uh, animation. Oh my gosh. Uh, Guilford Godfrey singing. Ah, <laughs> please. Not anymore. Please. Um, Ooh, um oh, okay. <laughs> but either way, uh, there, there are so many problems with this film. I, I, I couldn't give it a, like a extremely low score because of my nostalgia mm. and uh i know some people are simply like well you're supposed to be a movie critic you're not supposed to well this <laughs> we're is not critics we're nerds exactly <laughs> so get off me bro uh yeah it's it's a 6.5 what about you four okay <laughs> lay into it <laughs> yes i'm giving this a four because here's the thing when we were first talking about this back in december mm-hmm. about what we were going to plan for january yeah and you said oh let's do the return of jafar you know what the first thing that came to my mind was? Was that? Oh, crap. I'm going to have to watch this movie again. <laughs> I don't like this movie. Okay, that's I, pl- now, that's plainly obvious. Yes, now, I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to be fair. Right. Whenever we watch a movie, yeah. be it for this show or for Movie of the Week, whether I want to watch it or not, yeah. when I hit play, I empty my mind and I take the movie as it is and take all my biases out mm-hmm. for as much as humanly possible. Right. And I try to give the movie as fair a shake as possible. And I, yesterday, sat down and hit play on The Return of Jafar. I cleared my mind. Okay, oh, let's see. Maybe this movie's better than I remember. But let's just go into this with a blank mind and take the movie as if it was my first view. Jason Alexander comes on screen and I'm already out. <laughs> <laughs> because actually, I thought, oh, look, it's George Costanza. Wait, that's not the guy's name. I always get George Costanza and Jason Alexander confused. Gee, I wonder why. They're the same guy. I'm just going... I'm already out of the movie because I recognize this character's, this guy's voice because he didn't try. <laughs> he doesn't sound, he doesn't sound like everybody else. He's obviously George Costanza. He's obviously uh, Jason Alexander. Yes. He's not even trying to sound faux Arabian like everybody else. Watch the third film. I'm sure it gets worse. Sean Connery. Hey, Sean Connery can, I mean, he was. Read a, a dictionary. Sean writing. Connery successfully with a British accent accent played a russian submarine captain he could do anything he's not I english scottish my bad yeah <laughs> but scottish and russian don't go together either my friend no they don't and this we is, also this is a poor also i have to say this about disney plus don't put the warning on front of the thing that says it's about the cultural depictions i'm sorry it annoys me <laughs> because here's the thing i saw that come up and i'm going I don't remember Aladdin being that bad. Of course, as a white person, I obviously don't know what the... Uh, someone from America... Yeah. I don't know what the people from Arabia really feel about the depictions of characters in this movie. Yeah. So I remember going thinking, I don't remember anything bad, but, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. And I was... And literally, we get to the uh, the genie song, and he starts doing all these poor 
comedic versions of all these things. Oh, this is what the warning was talking about. Yeah, pretty much. No, it wasn't the Arabians. It was the Chinese. Oh, gosh. I guess. I don't know. Mm. It's just I hit the play button. That warning comes up and I'm going. Now I'm already on edge because now I'm, I'm looking for what you were trying to warn me about. You already taken me out of the movie. Thanks, <laughs> Thank Disney you, Plus. Uh, yeah. Anywho, so, especially since I did not know what they were complaining. All right. It's not like if when we get to Dumbo and we get the crows mm. that we're obviously going to have that same issue. Yeah, that is so true. It's not like that where I know that's coming. Go. Oh, yep. That's it. I knew that was coming. I have already got that cleared out of my mind. No, this was I have no idea what's coming. Oh, look, there's the thing. Wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be noticing this because I'm watching the movie as close to the first time as I can, and that annoys me. Mm-hmm. That doesn't play into my four. I'm just throwing this out there. All right. But yeah, it's a four. I have issues. You've heard my issues with the movie. Gilbert mm-hmm. Gottfried by himself singing brings it, would have brought it down to a five mm-hmm. because that should not happen. No. And then the animation errors did not help it either. No, and it did not. It just didn't. This movie, as much as I enjoyed Aladdin, I did not enjoy this, and that's really why it's a four. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So Which, that's our good. That, so, that brings us to the end of our episode. So, what are we watching next? Next time, we're watching a movie I haven't seen before, and oh. I don't think you've seen it either. All right. What is it? It is Goofy, Mickey, and Donald in The Three Musketeers. Oh, yes. But I have to admit something as to why I chose this film. Okay. Because the level in Kingdom Hearts uh, Birth by Sleep is so... Sti- oh, sorry, Dream Drop Distance is so stinking of, hilarious. Of course. And, and, I, and I need an excuse to watch this movie, so that's why we're watching this movie. Of course, it's Kingdom Hearts. Rel- Either way, thank you so much for listening, and uh, join us next time for The Three Musketeers. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? They can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron and Jacob's Daily Art Corner, my personal art Facebook page, on Twitter at Jacob B. Heron, on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, and on Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. You can also find my Facebook page at Drew's Photo Bin, where I upload uh, my photography. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759 and Twitter at GGeorge759. Where can they find us, Jacob? You can also visit our website, thecellcast.podbeam.com, where you will find every episode we released and links to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our RSS feed, if we aren't in your favorite podcast app directory, please share, review, and subscribe to us there and share us with your friends. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, the Double Feature Podcast Community, where we talk about both animated and live action movies. We share this with our other podcasts, which we do with Jacob's brother Jim at uh, the Movie of the Week podcast where we talk about live-action movies. You can also email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please like our page on Facebook. We try to post about upcoming movies. If you comment on that movie's post before we record, we'll read your comments in the episode. And remember, every time we say The Cellcast, that is with a single L. L.